Welcome everyone to the first live on YouTube or perhaps Twitch edition of the Locked On Cavs podcast. We're going to do a bunch of fun stuff today talking about the schedule, talking about the roster, answering your questions, a whole bunch of really fun stuff. But Evan, how are you doing on this fine evening? Good. I'm good. Uh, we're matching, which is kind of cute. We, it's not like we right. It's not like we planned this or anything, but I'm good, well, man. How are I, you? Trent, I'm doing good transparencies. I saw Evan's wearing his locked on shirt, and I figured, you know what? I'm going to do the same because we're, we're, we're just rolling here. But, again, today's episode is a live edition of Locked on Cavs. It is also brought to you by Wednesdays on Locked on NBA podcast. It's small market meets big market Wednesdays on Locked on NBA. Join Jake Madison from Locked on Pelicans and John Corrales of Locked on Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked on NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcasts. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Bang! Knocks it down! Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket, and oh my! Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh my! 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for yeah. Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. All right, Evan, let's just start by talking about the NBA schedule. We have not talked about this shit. Obviously, it came out on Friday. Um, I think there's a bunch of different ways you could you could kind of react to it and al- analyze it, think about it. I think you wrote a really smart piece about this over at your new platform over at Bulletin. Um, I, I think the idea that the beginning of the schedule is very, very difficult is a very apt and obvious thing to get into because, fact check, it's going to be a really tough start to the schedule. But overall, yeah. what I mean, I, it feels to me like we're, we're getting really quick here into the season and that it's going to come really 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 fast in a way that i think is kind of interesting to, to consider for us oh it really is weird to think about because in all honesty september is right around the corner and training camp is towards the end of september and then preseason follows and then the season starts in late october it's it's going to come fast it's going to come hard and speaking of fast and hard like this the opening to this calf schedule is going to be tough too like people are really wringing their hands over this and rightfully so i think um Opening up the season against Memphis is a weird draw. Like, I don't know what the Grizzlies exactly are doing right now because they have the potential to be a playoff team, but they take keep making moves that a rebuilding team would do. And you cut for the Grizzlies a little bit more closely. If Sean Coleman happens to be watching, hopefully he's not clutching his pearls right now. Um, then you go back to Atlanta and Charlotte in a back-to-back. You open up the season at – or you open up your home – you make your home debut. That's what I'm looking for here at home against Charlotte. Like mm-hmm. that's not an easy draw either. You have Lamelo Ball. You have Gordon Hayward. They made a couple of lateral moves. I think. Like I think James Booknight's going to be pretty good for them too. Um, I think Charlotte has the potential to be a play-in team depending on how Lamelo Ball has transformed a little bit. And if Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, like those two are the key pieces for them. And like PJ Washington's fun. Miles Bridges is fun. Uh, it just sucks because you have to play the Eastern Conference finalist Atlanta Hawks the following night, and Atlanta is more or less the same team heading into 
this upcoming season. They have a lot of swagger. They have a lot of determination. I think Trey Young is really going to be a tough test for Isaac Okoro because JB's strategy, at least, is to put Isaac on the best perimeter player. And then you have to go out and play Denver, which historically Cleveland hasn't performed well. I know you and I were saying, like, okay, they're going to play Detroit. Then they played Denver when John Bayline was still coaching. And the Cavs had, like, one of their best wins under John Bayline in Denver. That was, that was the peak of the John Bayline era. I think, like, was, I, I think, I think full quit, stop, that was the peak. He quit soon after that, didn't he? It was it was very 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 soon after that. Okay, so I'm I'm glad the timeline's lining up in my head. Then you have both LA teams and the LA nightlife's undefeated even in a COVID riddled world, even with the Delta and Lambda variant. Um, that's going to be tough. And then you have to go to Phoenix, which you know battled with the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. And then you wrap things up again in Charlotte before you come home to play Portland. And then you go back on the road again to play New York and Toronto. Like that's tough. And yeah, it's tough, but like in my piece for Bulletin and it's the proper names write down Euclid, I guess if I want to get technical with it, um, this is a good test of adversity for the Cavs too. Like more than anything, like you can really key in on, okay, is JB Bickerstaff have the pulse of this team? How is this team going to face adversity? Because this isn't even the worst road trip that Cleveland has lined up. And we can talk about that in a bit, but we're really going to have a gauge of what we should get from this Cavs team early on in this year. And also it could be a blessing in disguise too, because if the Cavs respond well to this and they play well and they kind of battle through some of the toughness of this schedule, it could turn into a pretty strong season for them. Like diamonds are made under pressure and pressure makes diamonds in this situation. Just reiterated the same point. And maybe the Cavs really could have a gem after this trip. Well, yeah, I, I think to kind of my, my version of this would basically be that, I kind of think that the early season will tell you how patient the Cavs brass currently is going to be. I mean, like, you know, they can say all the things they want right now about, like, believing in the process and believing in J.B. Bickerstaff and all these things. But, like, push comes to shove. Or, like, are they going to be willing to weather early season storm if, you know, if the starting lineup's really young and struggles at times? If, you know, Evan Mobley isn't maybe producing in the way you would sort of hope right as he starts his embryo career? Like, there are things they're going to be navigating that are going to be really potentially fascinating for them to kind of figure out in real time. And I think that will tell us as much about like what the team, not, I think more so to me, like what the organization sort of feels is going on versus what the team really is. I mean, I think like we need the full collective. I think we need to like give everyone time to really acclimate and kind of figure some stuff out before we make some really snap judgments. But like they could put themselves behind the eight ball very early. And I, and I think that Charlotte game is a good game to highlight because like that's a team that I, th- I know like that Kobe Allman has talked about like, wanting to get to like atlanta or get to like the phoenix level like those are the teams he cited in his end of the season media availability but like charlotte is a team that was like six points better per 100 possessions they have lamella ball they have terry rogier they have gordon hayward like they have good players even if they're 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 a little thin at center with like mason Plumley and kai jones at this point um the Cavs are in a position where like you have to catch that team before you can even talk about really like the very very good teams in the nba so like there's a there's just a situation there where I think if you're them you're trying to say okay how do we stack up against this team that's like a more of a playing team still very solid really well coached under James Borrego has a guy in the middle ball who is sensational I mean oh, like I so I, I kind of just like the like how the Cavs defend him will be really interesting I mean like do you put a core on him and like an risk having Hayward like do you think the Warriors yeah, regret taking not taking Lamelo and taking Wiseman I I would I I would too because yeah I know I say. If I'm a, I'm a firm believer of there's a reason why you're drafting that high, and I think the Warriors will have forever FOMO if not taking the medal. But continue, sorry. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a good one. Here's a, here's a couple other games that I've kind of highlighted as ones that I, I am quite interested in. And they're, these are all, like, more in the in pre-March, like right? Like, I, I kind of, like, I don't want to look so far ahead because we don't know what injuries will look like and things by that point. And um, it's hard to speculate for me that far ahead. Like, my brain just can't process, like, watching basketball next May, basically, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, or April, I should say. But here here's a, here's a couple other games that I've highlighted. November 7th, Monday, Cavs at the Knicks. Last year, the Cavs went one and two, one and two against the Knicks. Okay, so both those losses were pretty one-sided. Looking back, I remember at the time thinking, okay, the Cavs like might really stink because they lost to the Knicks and really struggled against them. Turns out that the Knicks were like a really solid team, fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, eleven best net rating in the league according to Cleaning the Glass. Like, I expect them to regress a little bit. But, like, that is another good gauge for Cleveland. Like, are you how competitive are you early in the season against a team that, like, probably should be in that 5-9 to nine range in the East, something like that, right? Like, I think that's, like, a good gauge for Cleveland. What do you think about that answer as, as a game to watch? Yeah, I think the Knicks game is a good game to watch because also, if correct me if I'm wrong, aren't the Knicks a team that the Cavs kind of hope they can compare to in terms of just like youth resurgence? Was it more Atlanta and Phoenix? But am I, am, am I, I lumping they the Knicks said in it, my mind? Well, you're lumping the Knicks in your mind, but it's not a bad one because they've had veterans, but not like superstar veterans. Like Julius Randle was really like a guy who surged in a way that was not like Devin Booker popping up with Chris Paul or something like that, right? Like it was a little bit different. So that uh-huh. that's a good one. On that note, on that note, another one, February 8th, Cavs versus the Chicago Bulls. Look, the Bulls are a team that also, like the Cavs, wants to at least get in the playoff, if not the play-in, unlike the Cavs. They had money to spend and were really able to put their gas uh, on the pedal to improve right now by paying for Lonzo Ball, by paying for DeMar DeRozan, by paying for Alex Caruso. The Cavs obviously have not added a single outside free agent this offseason. Like, there's also just some schematic stuff in terms of, like, I want to see Okora defend Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan a lot. Like, that sounds awesome. Like, a good way to spend uh, a Wednesday evening in my books. Uh, but it, oh it's also God, another that team that like should it's a Wednesday. It's the day before um, I turn 29, which is going to be like one of the worst days of my life. Cause it means I'm just teetering the edge of turning 30. It makes me sick. Hey, who among us? But you know, like that is a situation where like, that's another team. It's like, how did the Cavs go up against this team that should theoretically be in the playing hunt? Yeah. And I, Chicago is an interesting matchup too, because I think, they were probably the most disappointing team last year in the league. Like, they went all in to get Vucevic. They went with Levine and Vucevic. They seriously tried to make a push to make the play-in, and they weren't even close. They lose their pick to Orlando, and I don't know what Orlando's going to do with it because they got Suggs and Wagner out of it, which, you know, isn't a bad pickup for either side, but um, or for, for Orlando, I should say, rather. But, um, yeah, they really went all in. They got DeMar DeRozan. They get Lonzo Ball. Uh, like on paper, like in Pat Williams at the four for them, like on paper, this team seems like it's going to slap, but also they could be pretty mediocre. And if the Cavs beat them and like, it's, it seems like it could be a meaningless matchup at first. Like that, that game could have a lot of weight towards the end of the season when like, let's say Cleveland is making a push or even Chicago who should be making a push for the playoffs or God forbid the play. And like, if they lose to Cleveland in February, like that could come back to haunt them in the worst way. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, I think Isaac Horo just he's bigger, he's stronger. I think him on Zach Levine would be a hell of a lot of fun. I think how Mobley has to defend Vucevic and maybe even Pat Williams, like that's gonna be interesting too. But Allen on Vucevic is gonna be interesting too, because I think Allen has struggled against Nikola Vucevic, if I'm correct here. 
well, I I think Allen's uh, still has growth in terms of defending for more perimeter perimeter oriented pick and pop bigs a little bit. So. Yeah, so like that's just an interesting matchup in itself. Um, maybe the Cavs get freaky with it and they get some Kevin Love out there too because Vucevic, you know, isn't a world beater defensively either. And maybe they exploit that matchup a little bit, a la Ty Lue on Andre Drummond in the playoffs. Such a fun time, <laughs> but um. But, buddy, that's, like, one of my favorite moments is literally the Cavs went out of their way to make Andre Drummond have zero impact in that playoff series. Like, they put Kevin Love on him every single offensive possession. They said, go ahead, try and defend him on the perimeter, and he couldn't. And maybe that's what inspired Andre. Maybe that's what that's what it was. Maybe Andre was his double agent for Detroit the whole time, and he started shooting it from three because the Cavs tortured him on the perimeter. But... Yeah, I think Chicago's an interesting matchup, but how about we put a pin in this? Let's get a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll talk more about the schedule because there's more I want to break down with this. Like, it's I want to talk about this road trip. That's the, the bad one, at least. Okay, and I, I have one more game that is a classic, like, Cavs young team struggles in this environment game, which, which is a good tease for the break. But as you mentioned, we got to pay some bills, and first up is our friend's at Sweatblock. You have, I think, if you listen to the show, have heard a lot about Sweatblock. Now, look, this is doctor created, doctor recommended. I'm wearing Sweatblock seven right days now. Per like, use. I smell amazing. Fresh. Uh, dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. That's great. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by firefighters. Think about, like, dudes who sweat. Firefighters, like, literally, like, big suits going into fires. Really manly dudes having to perform live in front of Rachel Ray. Like there's pressure all over there. It's a lot of pressure. Big it's a bestseller on Amazon for the past ten years, has over thirteen thousand reviews, and is manufactured in the US. Look, sweating is not fun. You wanna be able to have some extra confidence. You wanna wear what you wanna wear, you wanna be able to wear a gray shirt in the summer, right? Like as long as you just have a nice fitting gray tee, you have a golf polo that maybe you don't want to sweat through. Sweatblock can kinda help you look great smell great and, and keep clean and they have a bunch of other great products aside from these sweat block wipes that are fantastic maybe sweat block anti-personal wipes that we, we love here in lockdown calves but they have a bunch of other great products too if you are someone who loves dealing with this you have to check out sweat block get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at amazon and cvs Today's episode of Locked On Cavs is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite show, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so that you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Evan. So here's let's let's do my last game, and then we'll talk about the road trip. Cavs at Pacers. Ooh, that is a good one. Okay, February 11th. Number one. Let's I'll let's go back to the pre-LeBron Kyrie at that point because I'll be two days into being 29, and I will not be feeling 20 fine. Maybe that'll be my caption: is 29, 20 fine. So there's a 29. My anxiety is keeping me. Alive. I think there's an MGK lyric about being 29 and uh, and having a lot of anxiety. <laughs> so. 
Either way. But more Either about way. the... I, I know what so you're talking let, about, let, too, let, in terms of okay. young players. So this just, game has go, always stuck go in back. my craw. Yeah. So let, let's go back to pre-LeBron, Kyrie Irving, Tristan Thompson, Deion Waiters, that era of young Cavs players. They had a really hard time going to Indiana and winning. Oh, they did. Indiana, in so many ways, is like the Cavs like better performing like older brother because like they're stable. They're in like a they you know they may be like switch jobs every once in a while, but they are consistently like performing, putting up good numbers, making the playoffs for like over two decades. They're dependable, right? The Cavs are a little more up and down, a little all over the place. A little De- Dennis Robin in the Last Dance, like just zipping all over the place, not telling you which way he's going. That's also, by the way, how Martin Rickman gives directions, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> the The Pacers are this team that also ha- are built as they are now. Rick Carlisle, a really good coach. They have Damanis Sabonis and Miles Turner up front. If you want to talk about a test for the, the Mobley-Allen duo, assuming like that is the starting duo, assuming that duo plays a lot of minutes together, et cetera, et cetera, all the caveats that we need to give because it's still August and we don't know what's going on with a lot of stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen definitive news, I should say, about some of that. The Cavs are in the spot there where like Mobley could be like could have to defend Sabonis in like the pivot. And like that is good experience for him. But like we're gonna see how strong he really is at this point against a guy like Sabonis, who is absolutely a bruiser inside. Turner's no joke either. Both really good defensive player. Or I should say Turner's a very, very good defensive player. Sabonis is a very, very good offensive player, really good screener, really physical big. How the Cavs do against that duo, a team and, and against a team that has like Malcolm Brogdon and has TJ Warren. Um, that that has Karis LeVert now. That has like a lot of stuff and is good. And it has Rick Carlisle as head coach. Like that's just a good test. And again, it's historically been a place that young Cavs teams have struggled to win in. It's like a decade thing. It's sort of like a sports writery kind of like can they win on the road kind of like checkmark box that I'm checking off here. But in terms of like in division road games against like a team historically that has been a problem, I just like looked at the schedule and was like, oh. This is kind of like a fun time of the year for us to see where Cleveland is going to be at against Indiana. Yeah, I think that really is a good shout-out. That's why I said, ooh, good pick when he first said it. Because I, I like um, the Pacers, like what they're doing, what they're building. You should check out, for those listening later or checking us out now, check out Caitlin Cooper's work. Check out our colleague Mark Schindler's work on the Pacers. They provide excellent coverage. But Caitlin really breaks down like the well, nitty-gritty and, of... And- and Locked On Pacers. Don't forget the homie Tony East. Tony East, Tony East Tony the East, homie. Tony East, the and Locked homie. On Pacers. I completely forgot about Tony. Oh, my goodness. But uh, that's not... Wow. I, I, feel, I feel awful. I'm just completely befuddled. But, like, just Caitlin does a really good job breaking down stuff, like, plays and everything else. Like, she, she's been analyzing Rick Carlisle's offense in Dallas, and she's been connecting the threads between what the Pacers have been running in the Summer League, and they're running a lot of Carlisle plays already, so... It's going to be tough um, in the grand scheme of like the coaching power rankings if you want to do that. I think JB is at the bottom because you have Donovan, you have Budenholzer who just won a championship, you have Carlisle who's a championship caliber coach, I think Dwayne Casey's a pretty good coach, and JB Bickerstaff is a good coach in his own right, but like the Central Division's tough in terms of coaching, but... Um, it's a good test for Mobley, like you said. I think Sabonis is hard because he has some of that stretchiness too. I think it's going to be tough for Allen as well. Like you need to see if he can unlock that asset of his game. Uh, Miles Turner is a beast. Um, they have Isaiah Jackson as well, which they just got in the draft. Who they just got in the draft? Like that's really good. And then, like you said, Brogdon's interesting. Lavert's interesting. Like there's a lot of unique pieces on this Pacers team, and I think Rick Carlisle could be Rick Carlisle could be the coach that make these pieces fit. And I'm intrigued to see how the Pacers look because they could arguably be B 
I think Milwaukee's the best team in the Central Division, but the Pacers could really oh, they, yeah, buy yeah, and yeah. I mean, like, I'm really high on what the Pistons are doing, and I'm really high on Cade Cunningham, so, like, I'm intrigued by what the Pistons will look like. But, like, the Pacers could really widen the gap under Carlisle between them and Chicago for the second-best team in the division. And, like, I'm just really high on it. I think the Pacers, on top of the Bulls, were one of the more disappointing teams last season, and I'm interested to see where they go there. But... Chris, let's let, let me let me kill the mood real quick. Um, you know how many back to back sets of back to back games the Cavs have this year? Oh, I read this in the press release. Uh, I don't know. They have fifteen. It's a lot. They have a lot, and they have three oft injured players in Kevin Kevin Love and Larry Nance Jr. And I'll throw in Dylan Windler as well because Windler is probably going to be a little bit part of the rotation next year. But Love and Nance will for sure be a part of the rotation, especially for that bench mob. Um, they will probably have to rest some of these players on back-to-backs, Love especially, maybe Nance if he has some more injury bugaboos come up. But this road trip that is the hardest for the Cavs, in my opinion, starts when they play the Trailblazers in Portland, which historically they haven't played well in. Then they have to go to Sacramento, or sorry, not Sacramento. They go to San Francisco for gold, to play Golden State, then Sacramento, then the Jazz, then San Antonio, and then they wrap things up in Oklahoma City, which is a tough place for Cleveland to play. But they played the Thunder well, and the Thunder aren't very good. Um, the problem is, is the Cavs have two back to backs in this road trip where they have to play the Warriors and the Kings on a back to back, and then they have to play the Spurs and the Thunder on a back to back. Like I think that's just a tough draw for the Cavs, and that's. I think in about January or February, I think. So this is going to be really in the nitty-gritty when these games really start to count because I think, especially in the Eastern Conference with how like tuned up every other team is, we're going to have a clearer idea of where this Cleveland team sits. And if they're in the play-in hunt or even the playoff hunt, like this road trip could make or break their season. And especially with how like these players have to sit out, and there's going to be probably other players that are injured at that point. Like This could be the brutal stretch where like people really overreact and think the sky is falling. Well, I think I can we talk about like the general like tenor of well, maybe we should take another break. We should. I think at this point we're we're about at that point. But I think after that break, we should talk about the tenor of how like well, we have some questions and we're going to get to again. If you have questions, uh, drop them below. We've already got some great ones. We're going to get to we'll probably get to them in the second maybe we half talk, hour of this or so. Yeah. Yes. But I think the next segment, we should talk a little bit about the tenor of, of the gathering because I have I have a. I have like a take that I'm going to uncork on here and workshop with you in real time. If that's cool. Let's just say, Evan, there's something that I'm working on that you know about. Oh yeah, I do that. Uh, I, let's just say there's a draft of this that is going to be in there. It is inspired by, um, a certain, um, guitar smashing person that you and I are hopefully seeing in concert. Dude, I will seriously be so bummed out you, if i don't get tickets tomorrow morning it's phoebe bridgers like if you guys are listening please don't be a narc don't like jump me in line i really need this i need a win this year we we, we evan and i need to go to see phoebe bridgers at jacobs we're the first like quintillion dollar podcast we're gonna take the yacht both yachts separately we, look, we, and drive it up to the take, pavilion and just we can take it. the rolls royce to see the gators okay yeah. but we can't go see we we just really need to see phoebe bridgers but evan let's tell everyone about our friends at built bar look built bar best tasting protein bar ever i had a coconut one today it was great sorry um, i'm thinking about my joke before the show where i said they should make built bars for cats because my cat's been cultivating <laughs> mass for the last year 
For those who follow me Evan's on social, cat, he's Evan. a thick boy with two C's, and if they made built bars Evan. for cats, Finnegan could be the mascot for it. Yeah, it just just jacked like plays football at BYU on a walk on. Um, look, tons of great flavors: coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, etc. Look, my favorite flavor right now, I gotta go with the strawberry. It tastes like a chocolate-covered strawberry. I know Evan is a longtime fan of the cookies and cream. Mm -hmm. I think also a fan of the grasshopper cookie, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. The raspberry and strawberry ones are also good. If they made yes. a blueberry one, the Look. trifecta would be complete for me. Oh, oh, okay. We're throwing out free ideas. Built Bar, let's go. Let's let's get that hum in there. A blueberry bar sounds incredible. Uh, look, remember, not only are Bill Bars the best tasting bars, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry, that mint brownie, that cookies and cream, or whatever it is you like. And remember, try Mix Box if you want to try them all. Bill Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Bill.com. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000, which you know is pocket change for locked-on Cavs, NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus, which is 50% more than what it's usually been, so this is a pretty good deal. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the helmet is on Chris Manning's shelf and the Dallas Cowboys, which is Carter Rodriguez, the only unverified host in the Cleveland Cavaliers podcast network that is... A Cowboys fan, but if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON when signing up. All right, Evan. So let's. Uh, by the way, if you're if you're joining us, maybe you haven't subscribed yet. Hit that subscribe button. Yeah. Subscribe to the Lock and Cavs YouTube channel. Let's uh, let's get those let's boost those numbers let's up. Get, get us back to one hundred. Gas here. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um. So, Evan, I I tend to think this. This is this is the take that I've been workshopping, and it's it's something that I think I've said in different ways before. I think that number one. Well, number one, I think Twitter is just a stupid website. Fair. Like that is just designed for people to yell at each other all the time. Number two, I tend to also think that the Cavs, the way they operate, they never really act like they never like show you anything in terms of how they talk about themselves. They always project like that everything is fine, basically. Like that it is just oh, it's it's the it's the meme with cool. the dog sitting in the burning room. Yeah, like that, that is the projection, and I think people latch onto that. I think when you nominate Colin Sexton like a bajillion times for Play of the Week awards, people latch onto oh, that. I think they Chris. do stuff. I, I think Colin Sexton's very good. You didn't need to nominate him for 900 Player of the Week and Player of the Month awards. That was just silly. I just think that was overkill. I think when you, like, I think, frankly, when, like, the tenor of the full-time coverage of the team is not exactly biting or critical or, or inquisitive, 
and it's just repeating team talking points, you create this ecosystem. I think the Cavs, like, are in the, with the way people talk about them, it is like, I think I understand that you want to see your your favorite team perhaps improve and get better and, and make strides. I also think when you think about what the last couple of years have been like, when you consider the mistake of the Kevin Love contract that uh, it kind of hurts your ability to hit accelerate this summer in some ways and add shooting, which the team desperately needs to balance out the roster. When you moved on from the greatest player who will ever play for franchise, I kind of think like, I think that we're we're at a, I think the tenor of Cavs conversation could really be more about like, we need the Cavs to 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 evolve in some way as an organization, and I don't know what that you know if it's ownership that has a, a play in this. I don't know if it's like whatever it is uh i tend to think there's one constant and that constant even if it is not as visible as it was has a has a a a factor in this i think there's just a point where like i think of the 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 way that we talk about the team and i think maybe it's just people on twitter which is again like a very stupid website but i think there should be more of like asking the Cavs to just kind of like be a little more normal sometimes oh yeah like that would go such a long way if the Cavs could just like act normal for like six months yeah, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. Um, like the Cavs fans kind of have like a like a a complex where they just think like they can like tweet their way through fixing everything. Yeah, they could, that's a super super duper frustrating issue that uh, a lot of Cavs fans seem to deal with. They think that um, they want to hyper focus all the issues on random player of the day. Uh, yeah, Kevin Love's contract is really holding Cleveland back, but like tweeting through your feelings about how much Kevin Love is ruining your experience or making a stand account dedicated to players where especially one player thinks it's super freaking weird that you guys do that. Um like he who the least on the least online player on the Cleveland Cavaliers thinks it's super weird. Has like the most yeah, and has the most online Well, some of the more weird. online players on the team too think some of the the, the fan reactions, some of the more notorious accounts um that have been around for such a long time that Ken Carmen even knows them thinks they're insane. Um, fans, I, I get it. That's fan. I'm not going to tell people how to be a fan. I'm not going to tell people how they can and can't do things and go about things. But like, I think people need to calm down a little bit. Um, like I get it. Like the Cavs are fun. A lot of people like were dying. The wolf fans It became dying. The wolf fans because of those championship squads. Like, for those who listen to this show on a regular basis, like my real diehard fandom started when LeBron first left, and like I fell in love with like watching Smarto Samuels and Luke Herringody play. So you know, I'm just a prisoner at this point, and I have uh, I have that complex that I can't think of the name of right now. But irregardless, um, it's just it's tough because I think the Cavs are a good team as presented. I think people getting offended that Bleacher Report didn't include them in their top 10 teams under 25 or whatever, like, let's be honest here. The Cavs do have an impressive young core, but they have a lot they need to prove as well. And, like, you look at teams like Dallas, who has Luka, or teams like Boston, with it, it still blows my mind, Jason Tatum's so young. Like, Jason Tatum. It's, it's not that he's, like, 16 years old. I know, you know? he keeps regressing. It's insane. Like, he's going to be the first fetus that goes on the court eventually. But, um... <laughs> It's weird. Like, I'm not going to tell people how to be fans, but I think, like, the obsession with certain players is odd. But at the same time, I was the same way with Kyrie Irving. Like, I defended him to, like, 
to the to a T. But like this is before using the internet as a medium to do. But like people would, like tease me for rooting for the Cavs. I'm like, oh no, they're actually really fun to watch. You should check them out. Um, I remember I would defend the Dion Waiters pick until I was blue in the face. But the moment he was traded to Oklahoma City, oh, I was like, the, f that guy. The 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 worst the the my the worst thing I ever wrote was like basically a blog post. Maybe the one of the first thing I wrote for Free Lose was like talk basically like talking myself into Dion Waiters. That's a bold. And it I was, was like. St- Stunned when they made that pick, because I thought Harrison Barnes was. Uh, I wanted Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and then he. I was not for reasons that we can we can discuss off air, but I was not. I was pretty sure that's worth. But you were doing more coverage of the team at this point, though, too. Like I was a fan. Um, you wrote, you wrote about the yeah, pick for Fear the, the Sword, the, the, so. No, 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 no. I wrote. I talked myself into Dan Waiters like the first LeBron year. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I should have clarified. That's that's. I can. I will send you the piece because it it was well done. Like I got a best of SB Nation NBA tag, but like, I love. Not I love when I got those. Um, I actually got a little emotional when my story about why the Cavs meant so much to me got the best of SB Nation tag. I'm like, oh, that's nice. But um, yeah, I'm not gonna tell people how to be fans, but I just think the behavior is a little odd. I just don't think this team is worth so much time, energy, and focus. Like you know, that's a little hypocritical of me because I do this full time now for bulletin and um at the same time like i just feel like you can use your energy in more positive ways and i think the tribalism around players is a little weird like there's just definitive camps where like you either pro this player or anti this player there's no in between like it's so black and white i think people need to be more gray at this point yeah and i and i just think too like this is i think there if there is a fan pressure on the Cavs to like just act a little I, I i think the Cavs is more like have to be the ones that evolve here or else we're going to keep repeating the cycle for the next 20 years oh yeah like the Cavs have to evolve in some way or else like they're just going to remain this like very weird organization like that's just the reality of it they have to evolve in some way and that doesn't mean like people need to like lose their jobs and like you need to bring in someone else it, it means that like everyone needs to like not keep repeating the same cycle of like let's hire a general manager from inside the office let's like hire a crazy head coach hire that like we have to like Which then one like, bladder like Bayline. Well, I'm saying they've done this twice in a row. So like, is the next coaching hire going to be like the next, like what, whoever like the next beeline is. And then, but maybe like a younger one, like the younger model. And then like you, you have like Lloyd Pierce is like the lead associate coach. You're paying lots of money to. And then that guy will be the head coach in 18 months. Like, like you need to not do that again. You need to sort of like, I think actually the foundation and Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Jared Allen, like you have the young pieces that can push you in that direction if you can kind of get it there. And that's, I think where we're at. And I think that's what makes it such an interesting season and not something where like we need to force expectations. I think on that, I'm, I am just so of the mind that like, they might be really frisky and interesting this year in a lot of ways. I am a little, I also like, don't think it is crazy to think that they are still like a year away from really being like interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it might, they need like an early year of like cooking to kind of like figure this out a little it's bit. A, I don't think that's bad. I think, it's just the reality of like you lose LeBron James, you don't you cost you you have no money to spend on veteran upgrades. Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley like needs to gain some weight. Like everyone's really young. Like you're you're just in a position where like it's gonna take time and like that's okay. Yeah. If you acknowledge that, that is actually a good thing. It is. Anyway, that is that is as ordinary as I'm gonna get well, today. I'm not really that's ordinary of a take or as hot of a take at this point. Um, it's just it's tough because. 
I think it's such a risky proposition for Kobe Altman and in turn JV Vickerstaff because I think these two are linked together in tandem. And if this team underperforms, I think JV will be the first to go. And I think well, but 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 this is this is this is the problem. Yep. If you like start making decisions to like this is the inherent nature that becomes really hard in running a sports team when you start making decisions to save your own skin. Uh-huh. The team the team will pay for them when you are not there. And it will take a really good general manager, a really good coach to coach and GM around that. So it's just a really good way. Um, let's just – I think we got a comment I want to say um, from Jesse, and then I think we should go into the next segment and, and take some of these great questions. Again, so hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Drop questions But in also the chat. leave great questions in, in the chat on YouTube. So here's a, just a comment I think from Jossie that is very apt. He writes, Vets weren't coming here anyways. Drafting and developing is all that, we can, all that can save this franchise. Front office is a problem. We need to be a play in this year. I think there's some, um, I think there is some dissonance in those comments. I think there are like two points arguing with each other there. But that that's maybe a maybe that's an episode we can kind of do later on. Um, 